0: Amen. So, I've been preaching for four days. Amen. So, I preached
1: the Spanish service. So, he's going to bring to us the word of the Lord. Amen. All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. My pastor didn't say no, though, when I made the request. So, (laughs) if you don't see me again, I will send a postcard. And I also told pastor, if he needs, I can still preach through the TV. Amen. Just FaceTime or... Or something Amen. I told my dog the same thing. I told, I'm supposed to come back on, on a Monday back to work, but if I don't, I will email you my two weeks, Amen, because it means that um, God has blessed me in Europe. Amen. So uh, with that, let um, I me mean, open up your, um, your Bible to the book of Galatians chapter five. Um, we're in, we've been, pastors been preaching on, on this book, Amen. And we believe that God has something for us today, amen? Actually, I ask you pray for me, amen? I'm still um, recovering, amen? Um, the Dodgers got eliminated this last weekend, amen? And it's, uh, it's been tough, amen? But the Bible says that, um, that sorrow may last in the night, but joy cometh in the morning, amen? And it also says that the Lakers started in two weeks, so we'll be fine. Just have to suffer just a little bit longer, amen, that the Dodgers lost, Amen. So we're praying for the Dodgers. Amen. That one day. Amen. Um, so in Galatians chapter five, we're going to read verse one through three, and then we're going to go to verse um, 13. Um, verse one um, says as follows. Read, um, there is a stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debiter to keep the whole law. Let me go to verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use the liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. Yes. Amen. Let's go for the Lord in prayer at this time. Lord, we come for you at this time, God. We ask you, Lord, we open up our hearts and our mind, my God, to receive the word you have for us this afternoon, my God. Lord, you may use me, God, one more time as your vessel, and my lips of clay, my God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may you may take your seats. I'll try not to be too long. Amen. So we in the in the first um, couple of verses. There's a key um, phrase or a key word that we're going to be talking about today, and is referenced again in, in verse thirteen and throughout the whole chapter, or chapter five. And that is the ver- and that is the word of of liberty. Can everybody say liberty? Liberty, right? And we always when we think about liberty, you think about different things, right? When you think about liberty, you think of the, the Statue of Liberty, right? And and what it represents. And I looked it up in the dictionary, and liberty, by definition, is a state of being free within society from opp- from a opp- from oppressive authority, amen. So that's the definition of of liberty. It's a state of being free within society from oppressive authority, and within the confines of the United States. Right, we all, we all know, right, You we all went to history class, it's, we have the Constitution, right, and the Constitution is, is what governs us as a country. And within that Constitution, it gives us five civil liberties that it gives us. And right, those are like the freedom of speech, um, of religion, of to oppress, of assembly, and petition government. Those are the civil liberties that we have, right? Within, within the country of the United States, those are the five civil liberties. Um, when we reference back into Galatians, we will find that there is two um, cultures um, on the opposite sides, that they're conflicting, right? And it's almost the same thing that we see now in our country. There's two different viewpoints, right? And we generalize it that way. Um, the, one of the first culture that we see in the book of Galatians in chapter 5 and throughout other Galatians is that of, the, of, Jew, of, the, of Judaism, of that of the Jews, right? And that's when they referenced of circumcision. Of circumcision it talks about that of where when they were born into it, something that they, that they had to do to fulfill the law, Man, there was something that they did, and they were going. They were still acting religious. They think that through rituals and acts that they will be saved, man. Which is what the law, what they used the law, what they turned the law into, was things that they had to meet or deeds that they had to do in order to be saved. They were in the, under the impression that if they if they act a certain way, they would be saved. That if they did certain things, they will be saved, man. And then when Christ came into the picture, he kind of flipped it on them. Right? Because the law, has, the law has a bunch of laws. It wasn't like just one law. It was hundreds and hundreds of laws. And it says that once you break one, you break them all. And it says that once you break the law, there had to be a consequence for it. Right? So when Jesus came into the picture, he kind of turned everything around of what they were used to. Right. This whole culture takes time when everything we talk about culture, it's something that takes time to build and to and to formulate and to cultivate. Right. Within the church culture or sports culture or work culture, everything that is a culture, it takes time to breathe into and, and to give birth to it. And just like that, Christ flipped it on them. And that's the second culture that we have is within the Gentiles, because the Gentiles came. Right. In, in John chapter one, it says, I came unto my own and my own may see me not. But I came to the, but I came to those that who received me, I made them my sons and daughters. So the Gentiles is me and you, who were not born in, into, the, into, the, into the Judaism or to into the Jewish um, family, into the family of Abraham by blood, but became through it by grace, right? Because we do not pertain, pertain to that type of a culture or the ethnicity, right? But it is by grace that we now have the opportunity to serve God, right, and to be called his son and daughter. So Paul is telling the Gentiles, do not go back to where you came from because they are not free. They have liberty that in Christ, God has given us the liberty to live uh, live a sinful life. Right. Set free life. Right. So we we come into that, into those two mentalities that we have between the Jews and the Gentiles. And the Jews are saying you have to be circumcised on a certain day, which is the law that you must fulfill. And you have the Gentiles who are not believing that through Christ who died for me, I am now saved by grace. And the Jews are telling them, no, you still have to follow this. Right. And there there are two conflicting ideas that, that are coming along and Paul is speaking to both of them and telling them, for the for the Gentiles, don't go back to what used to be being, being about religion, right? That's what we always say in, in our church that we don't preach a religion, we preach a relationship, and those are two different things, right? Because a religion, which is you may need, is know about God, right? You can learn about God in school, right? Everyone knows about Jesus Christ, everyone knows who He is, but they don't know Him. And that is the difference between a religion and a relationship. A relationship, you want to know somebody intimately, and then a religion, you just know about a person, right? Like in anything else, you bring notes about somebody, but you don't really know them personally. And that's what Paul is telling the Gentiles. Do not go back to where you came from, make it about religion, the same thing with the Jews. Don't worry. It's not about the law. Because the Christ, the crisis, I have come to fulfill the law. So the law has already been fulfilled. We now have to take it a step further and live in the liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. Can someone say amen? Amen. Amen. And, and this, is a, this is the thing that's interesting, though, because they were fighting this, this battle within themselves of to let go of the past. To let go of what they once knew, what they were comfortable with. man, to go forward... And and to go forward in what God has called them to do. And the thing about liberty, it's funny, though, because in the world, in society in general, is when you turn 18, you're considered an adult and they have the mentality that once you turn a certain age, you can do whatever it is that you want. Right. That right. Because like, especially growing up, my dad always said, when well, you live under my roof, you do what I say. Right. So I will come back. We'll be like, well, I'm not going to live under your roof. I'm going to do what I want and say what I want. Right. And we confine that to be that's my liberty. That's my freedom that I can act any which way that I want to. Right. And that's the thing that we have confused in our minds is that we think that if, we're, if we have liberty, we can act and do and say whatever it is that we want to do. But that is not the case. Man, because the word of God shows us what is true liberty and the way we must really live. Amen. Because liberty isn't just do whatever feels good to you or what makes the flesh feel good. Man, that's not true liberty. Even within this country, we say we're free and we have liberty, yet we still have laws that govern us. Right. But it's interesting though when it comes to the things of God, we want it all like we're all free. We can do anything we want to because God is love. Right and, and we have that mentality, especially when the church is like, well, God is love. I can do anything that I want. But within our country, within the laws of our country, we have freedom, yet we respect certain laws. Right, And it's interesting how, how we do that with God. And the thing that we also have to keep in mind, though, when it comes to sin is, or impurity is not something that is physical, that starts off physical within the flesh. Man, I've once heard that all sin starts with an unpure thought, with an unholy ambition, an unpure thought, that's how sin begins. Because everything you ever will do in sin all starts with, from within. No one ever sins on accident. Man, my dad once told me, you don't ever say you did things on accident. You, you had thought about it at one point or another. Sin had crept into your mind, and the, unho- and the unholy ambition became an unholy thought. And then you acted on it. So sin isn't just something that is just physical, which is what people tend to tend to think that it's a physical thing. But it's something more that is within me, something that is inward. Amen. And, and that's what the Bible is telling us that we need to be able to live in liberty, but not liberty that of pleasing our flesh. Man, that's why it says that fasting and prayer is so important. Because in fasting, we submit our flesh. You bring everything down to submission. That's what the Bible says, to bring every thought into submission. Every thought. Because the flesh wants what it wants, but you have to be able to discipline yourself and know that it's not good for me. But we have to get to that point. We have to make it in our mindset that if I want to be free and if I want to live in the liberty that Christ has given me, I need to be able to discipline myself and pray without ceasing and fast. Even though your body doesn't want to, even though body, no one wants to, at least I don't want to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and pray and go the whole day without eating anything. And the day you choose to fast is the day your coworkers bring food and free and offer to buy you lunch and they bring donuts and it's someone's birthday and there's cake. And now you got to say no. And why do you got to say no? Because I'm fasting. Like, why you got to fast? Well, like no one's going to judge you. No one's going to know. Have a piece of cake. Right, because it happened to me, like, my coworkers, they went, they invited me to go to Chinese food, like, I can't, it's like, why, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not hungry, right, I told them I'm fasting, and then they told me, just, just eat a little bit, like, no one's going to know, and so, like, we're not going to tell anybody, if you eat some orange chicken, like, it's okay, right, and I love orange chicken, and, and it's amazing, right, and, it, and it's a pleasure of the flesh, and it's telling me it's okay, Right, but if we want to live in the liberty that Christ has given us, we need to discipline ourselves and know it is not to please my flesh. That Christ going to die so that I can live any which way, but that Christ dies so that I may be live holy. For, for Peter says that be holy for He is holy, and we must seek that type of liberty and understanding, that we know that Christ died for a purpose, and that purpose is for us to live a holy life. Amen. Because the one thing is though that we are the temple of God. And sometimes I wonder what that really means to us. Right? Because the, the, the crazy thing about me, I, I don't I always tell my, my soccer, like I don't like to read. I do like to read, but it's it's sometimes difficult, right? I need to discipline myself. But as I like to think and like to reflect on certain things. And in this verse and the verse it says that we are we are the temple of God, right? That our bodies are the temple of God. And it makes me wonder how we take care of the temple of God, right? Because if we just do anything that we want to do, anything that feels good to me, right? Because one thing is you can always find a reason or give an excuse as to why you shouldn't do something or why I am able to do this. Because the Bible doesn't specifically say not to do this. Uh -uh. Or pastor didn't really say this and we look for any little comma or semicolon that gets us out of it so we can feel okay about it, right? Because we're trying to please the flesh. Because the thing is, if we're the temple of God, and where, God, or where sin is, God cannot abide in. And if we are the temple of God, and the Spirit of the Lord dwells within me, we cannot have sin, which means we need to repent daily and submit ourselves to, to the Spirit of God, so that we are, we are led by the Spirit and not that by flesh. Amen? Amen. And that's what it says in First Peter 3.21, and it says, And that water is a picture of baptism, which now, which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's the whole thing, is that when Christ died, and this is the thing, too, when it, when it comes to serving God and we say that we're free from sin and, and that who the Son makes free is free indeed, it doesn't mean that you're never going to be tempted again. Because right? some people think that when you go through the waters and you come right back up, you're never going to be tempted again. You're never going to sin again. And that's not really the case. The thing is that the enemy will continue to tempt you. And the, and, the, and the funny thing is that the enemy knows what to tempt you with. And that's what the Bible says that we need to be vigilant in our seek of God. Because the Bible says that he is like a warring lion looking for who to devour. Uh-huh. Right? Because he's looking to see if we're going to put a guard down or we're going to give him an inch to creep back into our lives. Because the devil will tempt you with that that he knows you like. You will never be tempted with something you don't like, right? Because I was like, in that case, why would he do it, right? Like, I will never be tempted to do it when I'm fasting. Why would I be tempted with salad? It makes no sense. I'd rather not eat, right? It makes it easier. But I am tempted more when they go to In-N-Out until I buy it for you. And I'm like, I want a double-double with animal soft fries and a Coke. Then the temptation gets a lot more stronger, right? Because the enemy knows with what to tempt you with because what you were tempted with before that work was still gonna be tempted for you after you get baptized. But now that the fact that we're led by the Spirit of God, we can be able to resist that which tempts us, amen? Because we live in the liberty that God has given us. And the thing is that with a clean conscience, meaning it is, it is a choice to live in the liberty of Christ. That's right. It is a choice. Everything that you, t- my dad always told me, every decision has a consequence every decision you make. The day you get baptized is the greatest decision you will ever make. But that decision doesn't end there. The decision goes further, that you choose after that day to live in liberty and not in bondage anymore. And that's what Paul was telling to the Galatians. Don't go back. Why? Why would you want to go back to where you came from, with what you used to do, and how you used to feel? But yet we always go back. But if we make the conscious decision that today I choose to live in the liberty that Christ has given me to make the decision that has given me a sound mind to resist that, that tendency to resist that, to go back to where I used to be, to be that person again. But we need to make that decision to be able to resist that. And that's when, that's what when the, the things when, when Christ was, was tempted when Satan took him and he went to the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights when he was fasting, he got tempted, but yet he was able to resist. Why? Because he was led by the Spirit. And we can go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 18 and 21. And it says as follows, But if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, his adultery, witchcraft, hatred, immolations, wrath, strife, and heresies, enviness, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such things, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they which, do these, which they that do such things should not, and should not inherit the kingdom of God. And then that verse... It should scare us a little because the end of it says, and those that do those things should not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's the whole reason why we're here because in all reality, we have two choices, right? There's only two destinations at the end of the day. Either we inherit the kingdom of God or we do not. That's all it really comes down to is that every decision that we make and how we live our lives and how we choose to live our lives has a consequence. That if we choose to do the things that it says in verse 18 to 21, it says if you do those things, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. You will not inherit it. And that's sad that we can come to church and know all the songs and the verse still says if you do these things, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's why we must protect ourselves. Amen? That's, that's why we must not trust in man and trust in our own understanding. The prophet says, do not trust in your own understanding, lean not on your, on your own understanding, but trust in God in all your ways. Right? And he will, and he will make your path straight because if we lean on our own understanding and we trust in ourselves, and we trust in who we are and what I can do and what I can resist. And I know I won't do that anymore. And I know if I'm with, my, with the same friends I used to be with. I can still say no. And we put ourselves in the same situations as we were before. We're going to fall again. That's why we have to protect ourselves and make conscious decisions on how we live our lives. Because Christ died for us for us to be free. To live in liberty. Amen. And that's why he died for us so that we may have this opportunity. And that's what, he's rel- that's what his message is to the Galatians is to not go back, to not do these things. Make the decision. Don't rely on, on what other people are telling you to go back, to, to, go, to get circumcised, to go back to religion. And it's that's not, not going to save you. Going to church every single day won't save you. Your relationship with God will, what you do, the decisions you make, will be the will be the result, or will get you to heaven if you're able to abide by the Word of God. and, and we go back to Galatians five twenty two to twenty three, and it says, "But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, longsuffering." gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. That's right. And that's all the difference. The one brings condemnation, but if we're led by the Spirit, if we're producing you love, joy, peace, and patience, and that's how we're going to be able to tell if we're really living in the liberty of God, is what fruit are we producing? The thing is, the every day you live, it has to produce something. You can only produce what you have inside of you. Right? So the Bible says, that out of the abundance of the heart, speaketh the mouth. So if you have enviness and you have hatred and you have all these things in your heart, that's where you're going to speak. But if you have Christ in you, and you live in his liberty, what's gonna come out is that of love, that of kindness, that of gentleness, that of love suffering, because you can't help it, because it is that that is within you. But we must be able to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? And that's all Jesus, but we must be led. And that point is very prevalent, especially for me, right? Because when, when, when I first got married, they they always tell you right that you're the you're the head of the house you're the man of the household right but it's different when you're actually in that situation and how much responsibility comes with it that we always say you have to be man enough to to be a man and all this other stuff but you have to be man enough to lead your family and the only way you can be man enough to lead your family is to be able to produce those types of fruit, but you have to be led by the Spirit to get there. Because the, the decisions that I make as a husband in my house will determine what my family does. But that's something that we have to do. And the thing is some of us just want the blessing of God and we want the liberty, but we don't want to be led by the Spirit because being led means you must follow. And that something is difficult because sometimes we have our own plans and our own ambitions that we want to fulfill and the way we want our lives to go. But the verse says that being led by the spirit, meaning that you have to be able to trust in God, knowing that he knows what is right for you, knowing that he knows what is best for you. But we have to be led, we have to be able to let God lead us in our daily life. And that's something that's hard, right, to lose, to be able to give up that control of my life and say, God, lead me. Because, see, God will not lead you into condemnation, into damnation. God will lead you into liberation. That's right. And that's why sometimes when we go into Christ and we tell him, and go into the altar and tell him, God, you may break every chain. He breaks it because he wants to lead you into freedom. He wants to lead you into liberty. But we must seek him first and seek his guidance and seek his face and those things will follow. But all under the liberty that Christ has given us. And the thing is, we already are free. The all you have to do, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, the only thing you have to do is declare the name that is above every other name. And every chain, every stronghold that has you bound must come down. Because the Bible says that he who, he who the Son has made free is free indeed. And there was a freedom and the liberty to live for Christ. Because when you wake up in the morning knowing that I live for Christ and I live in the liberty and I know that God has a protection around me, knowing that he makes every decision for my life, there is an absolute freedom and I can enjoy life to the fullest. Because I know I am in the liberty of Christ that every decision I make, I go to him first. Uh, and I know that God is with me. I'm going to be okay. That if God is with me, this job's going to be fine because I live in the liberty that he has given me. But we must be led and seek His liberty, because there is no greater feeling than when you're free, than when you are in liberty, right? Because when, when you were when you were chained up, when I mean, people are in jail, the only thing they want is to be free, right? And you always see it in TV shows that the moment they get out of jail, they run, they jump, they do everything they can because no one, there's nothing hindering them, nothing has them tied down anymore. And I think it's sometimes I think we should act that same way every single day. That everything I give in the morning, that I am free. That I am free. When we come to church, uh, we have nothing holding you back to lift up your hands uh, and open up your mouth and sing praises unto God. And that's the one thing I don't, I have trouble understanding is how can we be free and in the liberty of Christ and know what he's done for me and be silent in church. Because we're free, and a free person He gives up and he enjoys everything into his fullest because he remembers the day that he was locked up and he remembers the day where he did not have liberty in his life. But the opportunity that we have today, see, sometimes we take our liberty for Christ granted because we think I can go back next Sunday. But who's to say we're going to get back next Sunday, though? For the Bible says today is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice in it. And I'm able to rejoice in it because I live in the liberty and the the protection that is over me in Jesus Christ. But we must value it. You must value your liberty that Christ died for it. Hallelujah. We can't take it for granted. It doesn't matter what song they sing. It doesn't matter who's preaching. It doesn't matter. Because the only thing that matters is that I'm free. That sometimes, that's what they sing the song, as I look back over my life, uh, I can truly say that I've been blessed uh, because I know what I've been through. I know my dad had to go through for me to be here today. Uh, and I'm not going to let it go by. That I'm going to rejoice in the liberty that Christ has given me. Hallelujah. And in turn, I will produce something that is of love. Thank you. And then when we're in liberty and we enjoy it and we produce love, the Bible says, and by this... They shall know that they're my disciples. It's because they love. And that's what we have to do. And that's what liberty does. It brings you joy. Right? But we have to value it. And as you stand to your feet, as I begin to close. God sees what's on the inside first. See, sometimes we we like to judge people by the outside, by the outward look, on how they look like. And we're like, well, they look like this, so they can't really serve God, right? And we like to judge people by their appearance and what they wear, right, and what they don't wear. But God goes beyond that. God sees the heart because the change must first happen on the inside and it will be reflective on the outside, and so is the liberty that we have in Christ, that it must first happen on the inside, and then it will be expressive on the outward, that if we haven't fully accepted the liberty that Christ has given us on the inside, if you haven't really believed it with all your heart that you are truly free, that God's mercy endureth forever, that his love covers a multitude of sins. And sometimes we keep looking back into the past of what I used to do. Or people keep bringing up your past or who you used to be. And then all of a sudden, now you want to change. And they keep guilt tripping you into who you were. And just the other day, you were living this way. And now you want to be all holy. Oh God. The thing is, though, is that in Christ, God says that he forgives a multitude of sin and he throws all your sins into the deepest part of the ocean. even not even he can return them. So why do we keep looking back? Just as Paul is telling the Galatians and the Jews and the Gentiles, don't look back. Don't look back. Don't go back to that. Don't believe the lies that you're back in bondage, that you're the same person. But if you truly believe in your heart that God is able and willing to forgive you, to forgive of everything and restore you, that you may live a life in liberty. the thing in this country you can walk around at any time and you're free and you know you're free. Right? There's other countries where they don't, where they're afraid to walk in, their, in, in the streets. They're afraid of the police there more than they are here. Right, But here we walk with a certain type of liberty that I know I'm free, and you can walk in your neighborhood, you can walk around the mall, you can do anything you want because you have that sense of liberty inside of you. And it is the same way we should live spiritually. That everywhere I go, I walk around in liberty knowing that my God has forgiven, that my God has given me this peace. Hallelujah. And not go back. And today, I open up this altar, and I invite everyone. We, we don't have that many chairs, so we can open up the altar more. I invite everyone to come to this place, of the altar. And if there's anything that is holding you back, that you may, talk, that you may ask God that he may break down every stronghold that he may break down every chain because the whole sole purpose of why he came to this place was for you to be free and not to be chained up. If it's time for you to let go of the past and not think of the person who you used to be, but remember of who God sees you to be, that we were able to walk in the liberty of who Christ has made us to be. And that that may be our prayer today, that going forward we live a life of victory, knowing that we are set free, knowing that there is nothing tying us down anymore, that sin has no power over us anymore, and that we may be led by the Spirit of God. And we know that if we are led by the Spirit he will make our path straight, and we will not fall. As the praise begins to sing and minister, then when we will just cry out to God, and just thank Him for His liberty, thank Him for what He did for us, for His grace and His mercy. Oh, for surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That this may be our cry today, that we are free indeed, that we're not looking back, that today is the last day we look back, that we're just moving forward in Christ. Yes, Lord.
2: Yes, Lord. There is no bondage, every chain is No bondage, Jesus. Our hearts are open. No guilt, no shame. Oh my stains is. There is no bond.
0: Let's open up your heart. Choose somebody and as they as the praise team continue to sing, just pray for that person. Go go up to somebody. Go up to somebody and, and put the your arms around his shoulder and and just pray for that person. Yes,
2: there is no bondage
0: for him. He's all the way so we are free. And we are free indeed. Amen.
2: Amen. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Because okay. I am a child
0: of God. Just meditate on this song. Meditate. correct, I will do what my Lord has asked me to do, for I am His child. Amen. We're going to go ahead and pray, but before we leave, we're going to ask that all the young men, all the men, help us take all the chairs out. They're going to go ahead and uh, shampoo our carpet tomorrow, and I'm going to ask all the men to help us to take the chairs out. And as we pray, lift your hands up and as we pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for this time that you have given us, Lord, so we can connect unto your presence. We ask you, Lord, for your blessings, Lord, to continue, Lord, throughout this week, through every day, Lord, that we might be mindful, Lord, of your presence, that we be mindful, Lord, of what you expect from us in conduct, Lord. Help us, God. Let us keep in mind, Lord, that we are your children. Let us keep in mind, Lord, that we are, Lord, Heavenly Father, those, Lord, that give of example, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Dismiss us, Lord, from this service, but never from your presence, Lord. As we walk through this life, Heavenly Father, be with us, Lord, and give us the strength to carry it on every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you.